up guys, we have some pretty big announcements first. Firstly, we want to give a big shout out to Diane Student at the History Goes Bump podcast for giving us not only our first review on iTunes, but also an awesome shout out on her show. We really appreciate History Goes Bump for their help and all their amazing spooky tales. So for any of our listeners, you should definitely go check them out. And if you're here because of History Goes Bump, we'd like to welcome and thank you for checking us out. Also, in terms of Blackmore news, we recognize that our iTunes account had been down for some time and we were unable to make any new episodes for you guys to enjoy. We also recognize that because of the way SoundCloud is, all of Blackmore's episodes were posted into one feed and it made it really, really confusing. So for those of you who don't know, Blackmore makes more series than just Bosch. Um, We do a variety that we're extremely proud of and we plan on producing more from the fall through the spring. And so for now, we've fixed the issue with iTunes for good, hopefully. Um, And we've switched over for our hosting to our own personal website. So now the podcast is hosted there. So when you guys go into iTunes, you can just find separate feeds for whichever podcast of your choice. For example, if you want to subscribe to only Bosch and Brave, all you have to do is look up Bosch and Brave on iTunes or whatever podcasting app of your choice, and you can just subscribe to that. And if you want Houseville or Ashes Anime, you can do the same for either of those podcasts. You can also listen to any podcast that you want right from blackmoreproductions.com. Also on blackmoreproductions.com, you can find each series' social media accounts, as well as other Blackmore information, such as newsfeed or new information, any news, really, on Blackmore. In terms of SoundCloud, we are still going to be using SoundCloud, but we will only be releasing recent episodes. So we will continue to post episodes there, but you won't be able to listen to any of our earlier content, such as episode one of Bosch and Brave, or earlier episodes of Hellsville or Ashley's Anime. So for any of our SoundCloud listeners, please come check us out at our website or on any other podcasting app. You can still subscribe to us. And we didn't want to leave out our SoundCloud listeners, and SoundCloud's still great. It just was really difficult and didn't really suit our needs in terms of what we needed from other podcasting apps that iTunes provides us more with and our site as well. Finally, we got a great tip from Diane that we would love to use. If you become a Glubscriber, yes, Glub as in like fish and subscriber as in a subscriber, and leave us a review on iTunes or a nice comment on our recent episodes on YouTube, we will give you a shout out in the next episode at the end of our show. Our characters will be revolving as to who reads, so for Bosch, you might get Paige, or the captain, but probably not Quinn. He just doesn't talk much. This is Bosch's 10th episode, and as the first and most popular of Blackmore's podcasts, we here in the fish tank would just like to thank all you lovely guppies for all your support, and we hope to hear from you soon. Now it's time to take to the sky solo jokes, pilots. I am reporting to you from inside my cabin on the Royal Grace, also as per usual. You know, it's a wonder to me how Ernest grew up to be so timid and, um, dim. When he was raised by a woman like that, that maid we met was quite strong. Stronger than Captain Alex, I would say. I'm surprised she so willingly let us go. Well, that's not entirely true. When Ernest told her about Edgar, she told him to go pack his things. While he was gone, I tried to tell her about Mr. Cadwell, but she said that if Edgar was here, she knew what happened. No explanations needed. You know, I felt bad. 
taking Ernest from her. That is, as strong and as scary as she seemed, she'd practically raised him. And even if he wasn't her son, I'm sure it hurt. I asked her if she wished to come along with us, and she said that while she had vowed to take care of Ernest, she had also vowed to take care of the people here. That was long before Ernest had come into her care, is what she explained. I could tell that she wanted to leave, but honor seemed to be the most important thing to this woman. The look in her eyes when Ernest hugged her goodbye. I wonder what it's like to feel that kind of love. She made me vow to watch over him, protect him, and if I could get Edgar to look after his brother, that would be much appreciated. So when I came back, I kicked Edgar in the shin until he swore to protect Ernest with his very life. Edgar can complain how annoying I am, but let's be honest here. I've had to endure that boy since day one of this catastrophe. So who should be more annoyed? At the very least, he isn't Lewis, that creepy little scumbucket. When we got back on board, Hattie was adamant we left right away. I half expected Ernest to cry. He's handsome and all. And I sort of expected him to be extremely emotional as he said goodbye to the home he'd never left. But to my surprise, the boy adjusted the spectacles on his face and watched in awe as we left the small island. I think the thrill of flight was a lot for him to take in. It wasn't until night had fallen that I found him on deck, tears in his eyes. I suppose I was half right. Clint says that our next plan of action is to take down the darlings by any means necessary. They are after us, that's for sure. But Alex said in response to Clint's fears, let them come. The way they said it was chilling, to say the least. The darlings may not know that Edgar is alive, or even that another heir was here on Cecilia, but they do know that someone is after them. Clint says that he received word from some of his informants that the Darlings have been more than angsty since the Aquarius Ball. The Darlings have always been known for their glamour. Cloudy minds and loud noises have been the tagline for this aristocratic family in general. But according to Clint, they are completely on edge and out of their environment. Alex takes this as a win. It most likely means we've destroyed the experiments in the basement. However, Clint could not confirm it. It makes me nervous, Audio Diary. I must confess I haven't had the best sleep since that night. Since any of this adventure happened, really. I still see the eyes of the dead in Flora. Some nights, that is. But now I see the grotesque experiments of the aristocrats. I see the woman that Alex mourned over. The one they clearly still cry for. I don't know who she is, but I will never forget her. I don't like to think that we took lives that day, Audio Diary. I don't like thinking of death because I know what it means. But I would never want someone to suffer what those poor people and animals suffered. The pain they must have been in. I kept thinking about why the darlings didn't have security around the room. I nervously asked Alex about it. It bothered me, so... And then they gave me a look, one I'll never forget. You want to know why nobody was guarding that room? They said. Why do you think? 
Those lavish parties were not the cover-ups we thought them to be. be. They were to showcase the marvelous work the darlings could do. I felt sick just saying it. The idea that the darlings were proud of their experiments, of the horrendous tortures they committed, the horrors of it all, that inhumanity, I, I can't express what sort of sick. I'm just glad Ernest wasn't there. He's handsome and all, but I don't think he has the guts his brother does. The poor boy would be traumatized just listening to what the darlings have done. <laughs> all the while during that conversation, he was playing with Ricks in my room the entire time. Not always the best idea, cute as it may sound. Rick stung him and gave him a pretty nasty rash on his upper shoulder. It's fine. Just a mere poison we should be able to get rid of within a couple of days. Weeks. Or perhaps months? We are still travelling while Alex thinks of a proper plan to take down the darlings. I've been spending most of my time with Edgar and Ernest while working on Angelics. There's always room for improvement, audio diary. Speaking of which, I wanted to spend more time with Hattie. She's been so nice to me, and I've never had a chance to have a proper conversation with the girl. Plus, I think she'd really enjoy the progress I've made on the wings. But every time I go to look for her, she seems to always disappear on me. And she's the pilot of the bloody airship! The fact that she's to be in one spot most of the time baffles me. I can't find the girl anywhere. I hope I haven't offended her in some way. Now that I think about it, every time I've asked Captain Alex about her, they've been very quiet as to her whereabouts. They've also told me not to worry about her, and it always seems to end in them giving me some alternative task. Huh. I feel as though something's going on. Perhaps Edgar and I haven't been the only ones keeping secrets. And as I've said before, Audio Diary, I've always had a suspicion that something more was going on. And with the girl in the basement, that just about proves it, doesn't it? Actually, now I'm growing quite mad. Why is it the captain can have as many secrets as they want, yet the moment they find out Edgar and I have our own private affairs, they grow agitated? <sighs> I suppose I'll just have to express my annoyance the next time a situation like this occurs. But for now, I think I'd rather look on the positive side of things. I'm glad we've a new addition to our little family. Ernest is such a darling. I'm sure he'll be the brightness we need with all this doom and gloom surrounding us. Edgar's been a little too... Well, to be honest, I think the lad is nervous to talk to his brother. He still hasn't explained what happened to their father yet, and luckily Ernest hasn't asked about it. But in the meantime, I've taken up the torch and asked him all about the things he likes. What it was like growing up on such a lovely island with Alice. Edgar was there to hear all about it, but he just sort of... glared. Audio diary. You know how cats get nervous of other cats in their home, right? They hiss and throw a fit at first, but after a while, they start to calm down and they sort of just stare at the other cat. Or they eat them, one of the other. Well, Edgar's much like the former. Like, 
he doesn't really know what to do with his newfound brother. It was a shock to him when he found out about his other siblings. Although, so much was going on that night anyways. But now that he actually met one, well, I'm sure he has many questions. He's just not sure how to ask. And maybe that's because he's never had a sibling before. Then again, neither have I. But I consider both boys to be like brothers I never had. <laughs> it's actually sort of adorable when you think about it. Edgar. The Edgar Cadwell. The dashing, heroic lad that fights for justice and truth is scared of a smaller lad like Ernest. It can be hard, I think. Siblings and whatnot. I may have only ever had a grandfather and cats. But I've seen brothers and sisters in the streets of Grand Iver Glen bickering over this and that. But I've also seen them love one another and smile at each other and you can tell that there's something precious about that bond. When you don't have it, I think it doesn't matter. But when you suddenly find out you could, that's different. You suddenly have another human being that has the potential to be just like you. Or totally different. Technically, Ernest is a complete physical carbon copy of his brother, so I'm sure that that's also quite the fright. Cloning and whatnot. But just look at how different the two are from one another. Edgar is so lucky to have Ernest, and vice versa. I think it's just going to take some time before Edgar gets used to all of this, but I for one am not going to take this opportunity for granted. I believe that not only are we born into families, we can also create them ourselves. So I asked Ernest about everything. He's a lot like his brother in some ways. He's never really left his home, let alone the island. I suppose that made sense since the crew didn't recognize the boy when they'd known practically everyone on the island prior. Apparently, Ernest is a year younger than Edgar, 19. I had actually never known Edgar's age until then, since I myself am 21. <laughs> I get to be an older sister, and what in the name of the gods could be going on now? Audio diary, I'll have to... <gasps> Who are you? Get away. I I'm warning you. Ritz. Do you see that cat? He'll hurt you if you don't back off. Where's my ray gun? Get away! Rex! No! This episode of Bosch and Brave was written and produced by Ashley Glenn and brought to you by Blackmore Productions. Paige Hopkinson was voiced by Clover Grayson, and Alex Strandwood was voiced by Adam Barba. Like what we do here? Become a Glubscriber and follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. 
You can also check out our website at blackmoreproductions.com to get all the latest information on Blackmore series, including Bosch and Brave. You can also send us a message at blackmoreproductions.com to tell us how the men in masks will haunt your dreams for centuries to come. If you want to see what Rix Hopkinson is up to, other than getting kidnapped, follow Bosch and Brave's Tumblr and Twitter. Rix will give you all the latest as to what's going on in the crew, or maybe even the Darlene's basement? Until then, we look forward to seeing you next time, fellow Angelix pilots. Blackmore Productions. Swim against the current.